sound is good. The wind isn't too uh, distur- disturbing because I, I still we still have an option to move indoors if you want. I think you're more comfortable here, sah. Like it's kind of. It's more because uh, Jahan, they're God. really rowdy and loud. The the fam is they okay. Yeah, it's oh, like bless, you know I mean... after after lunch they're like a bit uh, <laughs> wild. Assalamu alaikum brothers and sisters Peace and love And welcome to another episode of Buckle Up This is the lockdown edition I started this, you know, with the COVID-19 situation And man, oh man, I swear to God You know, obviously there's, you know, bios And, and, and uh, you know, proper introduction with this one um, Definitely I want to start with um, one of our heroes uh, She's an Iraqi Canadian multimedia artist An author, um, um, an incredible mom A loving wife uh, An amazing personality Somebody who I look up to And somebody who inspired so much Myself since 2006 or seven, uh, When I met, you know um, uh, you know her, her, her one and only with, with Yasin uh, A.K.A. Narsi um, Sundus Abdul Hadi Peace and love Assalamu alaikum And welcome to Buckle Up <laughs> I've been watching it for so long and we've had so much so many members of our family and extended family so it's, uh, it's really an honor thank you so much Wallahi it's the, the honor is mine so okay are you uh, ready to buckle up we're going to do this right now where we're going to be buckling up virtually because we still got to do windy. this It's windy it's <laughs> windy I've got the poncho on okay. I think I might even like chewy chewy like Hala yalla <laughs> No, no, we're good, we're good. All right, she born ready, mashallah. Tayyib. Um, Sundus, I'm really kind of interested to know and um, tell us about your childhood. How was it like, what was it like actually growing up and how was uh, your family, how, how did the, the family influence um, your path? Wow, well, they influenced my past, my present and my future. My family is like the, the most foundational part of my being uh, you know I have to say I come from a family of artists so I never had um, I never had a hard time when I decided I wanted to follow this path as an artist uh, nobody really stood in my way it was really supportive and my mom's an artist my dad's an architect and he's also a big um, you know supporter of the arts in that sense he's always supported my mom and her work um, and then as me and my sister grew up we both decided to follow the path of becoming artists. My sister Tamara is a photographer, and shout uh, out Tamara, we love you, fam. Yeah, shout out Tamara. Um, so, so basically, I mean, art and my family are intertwined. We are each other's biggest supporters and also our biggest critics because um, we have to be that. You know, we we, we run by we, I run my work by my family all the time, and they're the ones who really give me the the real deal. Mm. I grew up in Abu Dhabi. Yeah, uh, I was born there, so I'm a I'm a Gulf baby. I was born in the Gulf boom in the '80s in Abu Dhabi, and um, I'm originally, as you know, I'm I'm originally Iraqi. Yeah, but uh, for a long time, I, I used to think like, oh man, you know, I wish I was born in Iraq because you know I can't really uh, identify with. Um, being born in Abu Dhabi, it's it's not it, it wasn't uh, something that you could say like oh I'm I'm Emirati. You can't say that. So I always held on really really tight to the fact that I was Iraqi. And then as I grew up and moved to Canada and we did the immigration, I realized that actually that experience um, was really significant. Like being born in the in the 80s and the Gulf boom in Abu Dhabi is an experience that a lot of people shared and it says a lot about our political and mm. historical mm. past as Iraqis in the diaspora. I feel like a lot of Iraqis, at least in my generation, have passed through uh, the UAE or the Gulf in, in along their journey into migration and, and that's that's part of my it's part of my history. I can't uh, I can't deny that, you know? Mm. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, um, truth. But again, your work, I think, uh, just to speak a little bit about that, your your work has, uh, I think, transcended. We're going to talk a little bit about it, of course. And your work is impactful. It has definitely inspired me. And I am like the least kind of creative 
um, you know, person, and it definitely inspired that. I but, disagree. You know, I totally disagree. We'll talk about, we'll talk about, but for me, for me, for example, you know, one of the people that inspired me to start for a Revolt blog is, is uh, you know, uh, Yasin uh, Narsi. For you, um, Sundus, what was the main kind of catalyst that led you? for this creative path. Was there a one moment that kind of inspired you to start? For me, the moment was when I saw the Narcis, the Offendims, the Lowkeys, the Shadi Mansours. That was me. Khalas, that was it. Was there a moment such like that for you? That's very interesting. It's, it's, it's funny. It's like asking a fish um, about the ocean. You know, wow. uh, when do you when yeah. do you realize the That's environment so that you're living in? You know, I I've always been immersed in art. Mashallah. I've always looked around. Alhamdulillah, you know, I've always looked around, and there was creativity around me through my parents. So, no, I don't remember an exact moment, but I do remember that when I was 14 years old, um, I was at an AISA in Abu Dhabi, and they asked. Uh, they used they suggested to our grade was grade nine they said you have the choice to either go into computers or to take art and i chose to take art yeah and i was the only student out of my entire grade that what? chose to do the arts class instead of the computers class yeah. Wow. So basically, I ended up being uh, having my art class one on one with this incredible teacher who was so supportive, and we'd spend that art class just chatting and getting wow. to know each other and having you know developing a really beautiful teacher student bond while making art and creating. Marshall. So when I decided, yeah, it was that that was a great memory. I have to say, shout out to Miss Arthur. Miss Arthur, um, definitely. Miss Arthur, man. Yeah. Shout out to her. Um, uh, um I kind of did a little bit of digging. I'm not sure if you will be able to share that with us, but you did your arts education in Concordia University, right? Yeah. Okay. Now, uh, my digging kind of found out that you dropped out of a course. Um, yeah. Because of. <laughs> Because of some, the faculty didn't engage with an identity, I really I want to get the story from you. Is that is that right? Is that something you can share with us? Oh my God, that that actually. So a few times I've started uh, presentations with that story because I feel like that what happened that year was really really um, what's the word transformative for mm. me if you want to say so it was first first class first year university and i was signed into studio arts and art history so i had to do this uh, you know 101 art history class where they basically you know teach you about the entire canon of art history and i was um i was really excited because i had done super well in art history in the past and uh, history is just one of my passions and I was really interested, for me, art history isn't only a way of knowing about our history, but it's also a way of learning about other cultures and through their art. 100%. You know? So uh, I walk into the class, it was a huge class, like 200 students, and uh, the teacher walks in, super confident, and uh, it was, just to remind you, it was September 2002. September so, 2002, oh, okay. It was a year after September 11, the September yeah. 11th attacks. And we were still really traumatized from that. As Muslim community, as Arab and Muslim communities in the West, uh, you know, we really, really felt that um, the repercussions of September 11th really, really hard on our own, like, identities and communities and having to constantly defend Islam and to defend, you know, who we are. So walking into that class, the teacher basically said, um, I want to read to you from the, the what was it? And she, so she, she read to us from this statement by Lynn Cheney, who was uh, the, Dick Cheney's wife at the time. Dick Cheney was the vice president of the United States with the George W. Bush era. And the, in this statement, Lynn Cheney is basically saying that institutions and universities in uh, North America have to um, uh, shouldn't teach about Middle Eastern and Islamic art history yes. and history in general. 
um, wow. because doing so would make them supportive and sympathetic with uh, with the attackers of 9/11. Now, when you heard and, that, and I terrorism. really know, what did you what did you do? So I'm like, yo, she's gonna be like, no way, well, not here. This is, you know, in this class we're open-minded, and in this class we're gonna teach you about all the cultures. And I was really, really sure because I mean, I looked at well, I, of course, I faced racism and bigotry, and you know, um, what's the word, ignorance in the mm. past, and and especially after 9/11. But I really didn't think it would follow me into university, which I really thought was an environment that um, heralded like critical thinking and acceptance of other cultures, right? And so she said, well, for that reason, I'm going to be only teaching you the achievements of the Western canon and art history. Bam. I feel like Shimas <laughs> is up already. Let's <laughs> go. Well, I was 18 and yeah. I was really, you know, I wasn't as outspoken as I am now. I was really, really sad and shocked. And I started having that like weird feeling, of, you know, like the knees buckling and wanting to say something and getting nervous and like feeling all of the blood rush to my face because I really just wanted to stand up and say something, but I had no courage. And I thought somebody would say something and nobody did. Ah. The class just went on, you know what I mean? It just, she, she just kept it moving. And so at the break time, I just walked out of the class and I, I dropped it on the spot and, uh, and I signed up for this other class called Issues in Ethnocultural Art History. And that is when I finally like discovered how I could articulate mm. what it what what I went through in that class. What why it's so important to talk about art for from other cultures and what and how to actually talk about how representation matters, especially when it comes to art about other cultures. You know what I mean? Mashallah if, if, if knowing everything that you know now, you'd still drop that class again, or or maybe like you know stand up and what if like history repeats itself, but you face the courage? What would you have said? History is still repeating itself, of it's course. True. I mean, I don't, that teacher continued teaching that class. Actually, she taught it the entire time I was doing my degree, and I had to take it. it was one of those like core courses that you, mm. you had to have taken to graduate, and. Um, and then finally, one year, I think she took like a sabbatical leave and wow. somebody else uh, took the class. Well, so why... I finally, That was my last year. I registered for it. And then guess what? When we got to the, uh, you know, the, the section on Islamic and Arab and Mesopotamian and Egyptian and African art history, the teacher skipped those chapters. Wow. She skipped them anyway. I mean, she didn't have that, uh, you know, ideological framework for why she was skipping them. But she skipped them anyway. And I remember by then I was more confident and I went and I, I went to her office and I asked her, I was like, you know, I just wanted to ask why you chose to skip the chapters on Mesopotamia and ancient Egypt and, you know, Islamic civilization. And she said, well, to be honest, um, I just don't know enough about those cultures to teach them. Wow. And it was really, I mean, her honesty yeah. it was you know it, it's it's it was great to at least have that conversation but it was still painful to realize yeah. how systematic and entrenched this ignorance of our part of the world is to the west but see mashallah everything you're saying still proves and and now will showcase obviously you know how important your work and Sunda, since you have lived in both the uae and canada how have that kind of affected your art in a way you know is that something that you think of you know, impacted, affected your art? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I call it duality. It's this ability to like see two sides of yourself and not just see two sides of yourself, but see two sides of everything. And it got, that's what got me first really interested in the whole like concept and notion of like contrast mm. to uh, opposing things that actually when you put them together create some really beautiful new meaning and, um, and I guess that that's what we are as these like dual hybrid uh, people it just it, it's it's enabled us to have like a sensitivity to seeing the world in a different way and it's it's given me the chance to really um, yeah 
to see beauty and the contrast. So everything from like, I mean, I, I relate it a lot to being Iraqi more than anything because the experience of being Iraqi is very, very unique. Yeah. And living this generation as an Iraqi, going through, you know, consecutive wars and the the, the way politics intervenes in your life and how nothing is not related how nothing is not like everything and everything is connected and i really see that as um in every aspect of my life. oh okay facing some technical difficulties oh we're good okay we're, we're back we're gonna continue this um man yeah. oh, I, I love that i love the background <laughs> so cool um so this um you you you've done you've done mashallah a lot of um, many workshops uh what what is one that kind of stands out and and where was it kind of held if you can just share with us for sure uh okay so i've always always dreamed of uh, doing something artistic in Iraq. Every time I used to go to Iraq, it was always family, right? We'd go, we'd go to see the fam, we'd go, um, you know, just to, to be in that bubble. And, and that was my experience of being in Baghdad always. So I never really got to build like a community, a community of artists, of youth, um, until 2010, when actually I got invited to be a distance uh, teacher, like a, a distance teacher. I don't know how to describe it. Basically, I was in Canada mm. and I was uh, facilitating a one month long workshop with youth in Baghdad. It was put together by Regine Sahakian, who had started this organization called Echo Fada for contemporary Iraqi art. And she, what, part of what she was doing that year, uh, and why the year that she was active doing Fada is that she was bringing together artists who lived in the diaspora to connect with, teach, mentor uh, artists in Baghdad. And I was actually the first one. It was the pilot program, and I was the first teacher from that uh, wow. that whole program. It was amazing. How did you amazing. feel? Like how how did you feel going through that? It was just like a full circle. Mm. It basically made me realize that all of the work that I had ever done was leading up to that moment. Everything that I was working towards and, and the, the kind of audience that I wanted to reach and the kind of youth that I wanted to connect to, they were all there with their ears and their eyes open to, to my um, to whatever I, I was hoping to bring to the table. And actually, I'm in touch with a lot of the, the people who were in that uh, workshop and they've changed my life in really positive ways. And I feel like when I go to Iraq, inshallah, in the future, oh. I have a community now. And um, it's all thanks to that experience. Man. I taught them, <laughs> I taught them, um, <laughs> what did I teach them? I taught them about art and social justice. Mm. That was like the the theme of my yeah. uh, of my workshop, art and uh, social justice. Uh, bless. Uh, uh, Sundus, do you, uh, again, and I, I just want to say thank you so much for your time. I know, uh, you know, it's Canada, family, and, uh, and and I just, I'm very, I'm very blessed that you're giving us this. Um, As, so, this is your family too. Wallahi, and, I know. Wallahi, you know, I know. This, this just it's, feels like it's just, it's, it's just perfect. I know, mashallah alayki. Um, do you ever feel that there is a gap or a difference in ideology between the Arab region and the West in terms of approaching like arts and culture and recognizing their importance? In, in the society and I think the story that you talked about before would you know maybe proves that but um, if you can maybe shed light on that oh my god it's so there's so many layers to that has I mean and there's layers and then there's generations mm. and then there's political events and then there's issues when it comes to like um, how politics can intervene with funding and you know how independent artists can be in their work or how uncensored they can be in their work mm. there's so many so many layers to it um, yeah. I feel personally as Iraqis we, we really are blessed because we come from a very rich heritage in, in terms of the uh, not just Havara Somaria but also um, like the, the modern art movement in Iraq in the 50s. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, yeah. the Jawad yeah. Salim and the Baghdad Modern Art Group and the 
Rawad. Like those are the artists that actually ended up having huge, huge influence on artists in the Middle East in in general. So the groundbreakers, um, pun intended. The ground, the, exactly the groundbreakers, <laughs> and actually the first ever Arab Binali took place in Baghdad in 1974. 1974, yeah, yeah. 1974, um, you know, um, like there's there's mm. so much rich history there. So this, can um, I, I'll be very yeah. honest with you. I want to open. I want to open something. You know, by you. I'm, I'm from Saudi Arabia, and uh, yeah, one of the reasons why I like Narsi, Amar Fendim, Shadia, Loki, is because they kind of impacted the way I think about the countries. Again, Saudi Arabia, one of the most conservative countries in the world. We weren't really taught about Iraq or Palestine. There was that that, that was not in in our curriculum, in terms of that because right. I was studied in a Saudi public school. I, as a Saudi, were not allowed to go to international school, because back yeah. then we were not allowed um, as a Saudi, you know, uh, citizen. So I, I I owe a lot to people like Yasin, uh, you know, Loki, Shadia. Uh, Omar for educating me you know about like for example Omar talking about Nizar Qabani I'm going to be very honest with you I didn't know about Nizar Qabani like seriously and because they were, it was never really taught uh, and it was never really something that is pushed so when you when you hear someone like me say that do you feel like what I'm trying to say is that all the civilizations that, that we have amazing history incredible culture music art and you were talking about the Iraqs the Syrians and the, you know and you look at what's happening right now. What's the first thing that kind of comes to your, your your mind? Is it? I feel sad. Like I feel really sad that this is happening, and culture and 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 history and art is like we are copying the West. Like you know, a lot of young guys they go and imitate the West or get inspired. But we have from within so much things. I'm a, it's amazing though. It's, no, you make total sense. I see it. I see it, and um, I feel like. You know, it's 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 strange, but when you're in the East, a lot of the times you see people imitating the West, and then when you're in the West, you see people kind of returning to their roots because mm. of this uh, the strangeness of being um, displaced. You know, like the search for identity, and but it happens a lot here as well. I mean, I've uh, most of the Arabs that I knew growing up weren't uh, embracing their Arab identity in in mm. Canada or in America. And it took kind of like an awakening for them to be like, oh, you know, shit, this is a, sorry, sorry. Uh, this is a part of my, of my history and my identity yeah. and I need to like be I, more yeah. uh, respectful of it. But um, I feel like it takes two things. I feel like it takes, well, while you were speaking, what, what the first word that came to my mind was teacher. So what is a teacher? when a teacher comes into your life that really, really uh, shifts your worldview, that's a person who's there to really leave an impact on your life and to, to transform something within you. And that's the true definition of a teacher. And that's the definition of knowledge. And what knowledge is, is, is this beautiful gift that keeps giving. You know, one person can pass on the gift of knowledge and then it continues to grow and grow and grow to becoming this wonderful well of wisdom, yeah. you know? I want to comment on that because there's a, I don't know if it's a verse by Ahmed Shawqi or I'm not sure. You know? Mm. Like, yeah. give the teacher respect and dignity because, you know, the teacher almost became a prophet. But I, do, I, I, I really feel what you said. So that's one. Number two. Yeah, so teacher was the first one. And then knowledge was the knowledge. second. Like yeah, those yeah. were the two. Just the knowledge being this. Um, mm. Getting the right sources. You mm. know what I mean? Like 100%. getting the inspiration from the right place. I th like yeah. What is it that you're being inspired from? Is it something that is that you could... Uh, connect to your ancestors to your roots your dna your where or is it that you're interested in fulfilling you know is it something that's ego or is it something that's spirit you know what i mean and for me the spirit has everything to do with um with my work and my like work as an artist as a writer i i really call it like work with a capital w because i see it as you know fulfilling a life's purpose yeah. not just fulfilling um you know a uh, means to an end 
it's you're doing something to leave for future generations you're sharing knowledge yeah اختي والله we need we need more of this because again you know Elsid actually um wrote this proverb in in Jeddah and that's the first time I met him in Saudi Arabia um you know maybe maybe we'll, I'll, I'll I'll put the picture he actually wrote Elsie a proverb the brother shout out he he wrote a, um, um, it's an old proverb that says al insan alladhi la athara lahu la hayata lahu you know a human being that has no impact you know has no life and i i really believe everything you said um sundus um i, I know but, and there's so many sources has honestly there's so many sources you can go to the quran and there's so sah. many sources there sah. you know it's, you it's can funny go, that you said that because this in during ramadan right now this is i was just talking about this i had an interview right now with a with a with a, with a german website and you know they're talking about muslims and ramadan and actually You know, I'm not a religious, you know, person like in terms of like, you know, reading a lot. But in Ramadan, I really make, I try to make time. And you're absolutely right. These words, the, the sentences that are coming out is yeah. just, you're absolutely right. I, I totally agree. Yeah. Yeah. I've been doing the same thing. Actually, it has. I, I'm, this time, this month uh, of Ramadan, um, I've, is it, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're good. Okay, is it better? Okay. So this month I I've, I've really been making the effort to approach the Quran as uh, as truly as a holy book mm-hmm. um and and reading it from to seeing how it unfolds and really um approaching it as a source of like divine knowledge and wisdom and and it's been really transformative as well wow. and and that's that's the thing books books You know, well, I mean, the first word Quran as as the, the first, first word, book. The first word was was you know was Iqra, and it was given Iqra. in a it was given in an orderly fashion. Iqra, like that's exactly. Iqra, like we're not doing it. I'm saying it. I'm 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 one of them, and we should. Um, so yeah. this, and I'm a huge lover of books. Like books know, to me are just, like yeah, everything. We're, we're going to talk about that, but I know we don't have much time. Um, from a radio host to another. Now, how did it feel to have your own show? Groundbreakers, mm. which I was really honored to be featured on, and I really blessed. Yeah, you're one of the first, actually. My one yeah. of my first guests. Mm. So, so I want to know. Um, okay, so you you talked about you know a lot of things, culture and art. I love the music you play. It was just like what this was, was yeah, incredible. So, um, I think the question I'm trying to say uh, is is other than than me and and Narcy, who were your favorite guests? <laughs> I'm just mm. kidding. No, yeah, but really, who? who <laughs> I know, yeah, it's put on the spot right there, Sundas. But you can handle it. <laughs> well, I guess you know what. Um, like, I'm blessed to be a part of a huge community of Sah. of artists. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like everybody that I wanted to ever speak to is uh, one degree of separation away. You know what so, I mean? And and I feel like we should approach anybody who's like whatever famous. Uh, that way you shouldn't put anybody necessarily on a pedestal and think like oh they're unreachable they're untouchable because they're famous or because they're they're well known bilakis you know everybody should be accessible everyone's a human being after all and um, uh, but there were two people who I had on the groundbreakers that rarely give interviews mm. um, and are not easy to convince to, to like give interviews and I feel to this day so blessed to have had their presence on the groundbreakers uh, the first is Sunir uh, Hamad who's a Palestinian yes. poet yeah <laughs> actually it was before uh, it was before the groundbreakers she was my last guest when I used to host this show called Caravan Caravan um, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 so that was like it, it was a show that I inherited from another host that was Ooh. about Arab and Muslim issues and and content, and she was actually my last interview on while hosting that show. But I think it was in back in 2010. Yeah. Was Suhair and wow. she very rarely gives interviews, so I, I feel very blessed to have wow. had her on the show. And she gave she was so generous with her time with her. Uh, with her a, sharing such a, and such a yeah. huge legend. Uh, I, I love yeah, her t- legend. I, I love her Twitter. Like she's just so, so cool. <laughs> <laughs> and who's the second yeah, one? Yeah, she's uh, the second one is Emery Douglas, who's a huge influence on my work. He's the former minister of uh, culture for the Black Panther Party. Wow! So he is like an wow. OG. Yeah. Him greatly. 
and his influence uh, not just on myself but on many many artists in our generation and the generations uh, you know before us has been huge in terms of uh, just the, the arts becoming really a tool for liberation and for social justice I mean he's just amazing and yeah, uh, yeah he gave me a really dope interview too on for the ground basis I actually used that interview also um in my studies so i was doing my masters at the time and i wanted to um i wanted to find a way to create content that i relate to no matter what whether it be for my radio whether it be for my work uh, for, for for you know writing and academic work um and then my artistic practice as well so that interview went on the groundbreakers yeah it went in my thesis Wow. It went in uh, Take Care of Yourself, the exhibition that I curated, and uh, yeah, and now it's in my book that I've been uh, I've been working on also. Mashallah, oh, definitely. Again, I want to ask you about, of course, the book. Uh, big up to that, and congratulations. But before that, a few years Thank ago, you. we had the pleasure to feature you on Revolt Mag, your your project, yeah. Orchestra. And I just want to say, this is. I know you've done a lot. But I know I keep going back to this. This is something, uh, mashallah, like legendary mixed media experience using painting and, and sound. Um, just for the people who are not familiar with it, can you tell us quickly about it and what was, the, you know, what inspired to that? Because for me, that 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 work is just legendary. Love it. Thank you. Uh, orchestra definitely was. I feel like. I did it with such a sense of urgency, and I was like, I. Had, you know, I need to do this and it needs to be in the world because there was so much negative, um, you know, negative imagery around Iraq after the war that what I what I chose to do, and we were talking about contrast earlier, what I really wanted to do was take a lot of the media images that were coming out of Iraq of these masked militants uh, holding AK-47s and rocket-propelled grenades and all of these scenes of violence and war and transform them to um, becoming instruments. Uh, mm. Instead of becoming weapons of war, they, I, I would take out the AK-47 and replace it with a trumpet. Or I would take out his RPG and replace it with a clarinet. Um, and then it just evolved into becoming this entire full series um, with about art and culture, um, war and culture. Um, yeah, so that was orchestra. The Forgotten, um, which is the piece I know that it's your favorite, and you featured it um, in Revolt as well. Yeah, it was uh, very much about how we can reclaim, you know, um, our I like our image as. Iraqis as artists, as intellectuals, mm. um, who were working towards, um, who were working against war, basically. You know, working within war, working against war, um, and really giving them space to be remembered and to be um, to be recognized for that work. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm actually as we're doing this, I'm just looking at the. Uh... I'm looking at the forgotten again, and I think it's just. Really, you love it, I know. <laughs> I, I know. I, I, I love I, that you love it. I bored Sundus out of looking at this picture. I was like, every time, it is. Um, actually, if you don't mind, I want to see if I can share my screen real quick here and see if we can. Uh, um, can you see my screen, Sundus? Uh, in a minute, yes. Now I can see it. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> man, like I don't like. If if we want to go a little bit philosophical, a little bit on this one, in terms of like how how long did it take you to to write this? What are the things that you expect people to get out of this image? What's the sort of feedback that you've been getting from people? Um, I feel like this painting it came out very fast, and um, I was using two reference images at the time. Um, the first one is this really famous portrait of a maqam band. Uh, Charlie, Charlie Band. Actually, it's um, the, the Kuwaiti brothers, Dawood and uh, Salah al-Kuwaiti, I think is their name. They were brothers, uh, Iraqi Jewish, actually, that had a very, very well-known Charlie Band in the okay. uh, 40s, 50s, 40s, I think, in Iraq. Mm. And um, it was their band posing. 
And the, the second reference picture that I used was um, a hostage video. Uh, the hostage videos that we had been seeing yeah. so many of. of oh, these, wow. Uh, why why really the blend? Horrible. Why the blend between two? They just looked alike to me. They looked wow. alike. And I can't, like, I can't tell you that it's like a thing. It's like a synapse when it comes to imagination. Your brain just yeah. does this thing where it connects, you know, like, Wow. Why did I see, um, you know, helicopters looking like violins, yeah. or why? Why did I see um, a wall looking like a like a, a blast wall, uh, yeah. uh, looking like a kanun? They just couldn't describe it, or like a microphone looking like a gun, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, it, yeah. This takes me takes me places. Um, uh, Sundus is a children's book written illustrated by you. Um, congratulations! Uh, this is such an amazing thing. Uh, tell us about the overall, you know, like tell us about it in terms of like the storyline, your illustration, um, you know, um, uh, yeah. Wow, okay, so you're really taking me like past, present, and future now. I try. Okay, so Shem, you know, is, I'll be very honest uh, with you. You know, what's yeah. on the back of my mind right now? I see Yassine, like, it? when is soon this gonna be done? <laughs> That's what it is. They're, already, they're coming and checking on me, right? okay. I know, so yeah. But more out of more out of interest than trying to distract me than. Okay, okay. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah. They like to they like to come in and do the comic relief. You know that video of that guy uh, doing like the BBC interview and yeah. then his kid comes I, in. Yeah, yeah, it just happened to me. It just happened to me because you know sometimes Ahmed comes through and we like he comes in and he says like a brand like a Samsung or whatever. Like it's like yo, he likes watching. I'm like yo, okay. But yeah, it's it's fun. Yeah. They're totally trying to do that to me, man. They're trying to trying to air me out on. Uh, Bless them. Bless on them. Buckle up. Um, okay, so Shams. Shams. Shams is basically I've been working on this project has for. Almost 10 years. 10 what? years. 10 years. Wallah al Azim. 10 years. I Since wrote I knew you. Wow, mashallah. Wow. Yeah. Before. Wow. It's, uh, I wrote the story uh, in 2011. And it just it just kind of what really is it spilled about? out of me. So, so the story is about uh, a little girl yeah. named Shams. And she's made of glass. And one day, uh, Shams breaks into a million pieces. Uh, you know, a tragic event happens. It, she shatters, and uh, the book is about her putting herself back together again, and her journey towards um, healing, really, wow. and surviving trauma. And it's it's written in uh, it's it's written in illustrated uh, magical realism. So it's in a sense very. It's, the symbolism is really what. Um, Wow. teaches the, the message it's not really about the violence or the, like what happened exactly it's more about uh, you know the, simplifying it to its most simple terms and everybody knows that feeling of shattering or breaking True. and having to put yourself back together again and everybody knows some version of trauma or loss or displacement and um, or war Everybody knows a version of that, you know, oh, yeah. even if it's somebody who's, you know, lived in a peaceful country their whole life, they could have lost a parent or, you know, they could have had another event that shattered their life uh, that they had to really build themselves back up from. So it's, um, that's pretty much the story of Shem. Wow. And it's a very, it's a very simple and empowering tale. How, how do we order of, it? So I just put it up for pre-order. Yeah, um, pre I'm right. telling you, ten years, ten years in the making, <laughs> and it's been a very, very slow process. I had two children along the way. I got my master's degree. Mashallah. I um, I wrote another book in the process as well. I did, you know, been doing a lot, but I I really see it as kind of like my gift to the world, and mm. um, I just put it up for pre-order. Uh, release my birthday. The okay, okay, okay. Yeah, wow. it's it's it's, it's going to be released in July, inshallah. July. Okay, so it's set. It's, it's set. You know, this is inshallah happening. Done deal. No I, turning back here, how you, man. <laughs> <laughs> how are you feeling? You're good. Like you know, uh, I think the question I'm trying to ask is, what would you like to? What would you like to get? What would you like people to get out of it? You know, I know, and I love the fact that you said what you said, and everyone will treat this book differently. 
But you personally, what would you like to, you know, what's what would like people to perceive it? You know, what's amazing is uh, this whole coronavirus is it's been insane. It's been insane, and I'm crazy. sure I'm not the only one who, you know, yeah. Um, we're going crazy here. Like we, we're going crazy. Here, just quickly, you know? like on May second, uh, 2020, and Narciso on Instagram posted a funny video. I don't know. He was talking French or something like that. That was just, it's just a funny thing that everyone. It's doing. nuts. We're going nuts, right? But the the ironic part is that after all of this, like you know, nine years of working towards goal, when I wrote the book, um, when I wrote the story, it was just a short story. Yeah. You know, like one night I just came out of me and um, I said to myself I want youth in refugee camps and in war zones and in Palestine and in Iraq and in Syria and in Yemen I want I want those kids to read this story and be like yo that that's me you know what I mean I relate to this and I want them to feel good about themselves and I want them to I wanted it to be something that can reach those communities gotta and yeah hmm? I'm sure like I'm just thinking well I wish it could be like a movie I'm sure already Narcy is kind of push that <laughs> you know like a, we'll, talk, we'll talk about that next but oh, um, so basically that was really the intention of why I chose to really pursue this book I was like I really wanted the use of the Arab world to be able to have a you know a character a book that they that they felt uh, that they could draw strength from uh, strength to their negative experiences and then by divine intervention and like angels a really amazing publishing company in Palestine picked it up Tamar Institute um, and Tamar Institute do outreach and uh, literacy work in Palestine wow. in, in refugee camps mm. and in community centers and in libraries they basically engage with the youth uh, through books and storytelling and so they picked up the book and they're basically um, translated it to Arabic and the wow. first yeah and it was it's it's coming out through Tamar Institute in Arabic also around the same time in July. Um, roughly, we still things are still unpredictable right now. But Tamar Institute, it's it's amazing that the intention of the book ended up materializing in this way. And the week before the lockdown in Montreal and around the world, I had just bought my ticket to go to Palestine. <laughs> Wow. And I was supposed to be in Palestine launching my book wow. um wow. in April. So the the launch date was actually April uh was it April 14th? Oh wow. And yeah. I had a week of uh you know the itinerary was beautiful. I was going to go to uh schools and refugee camps and libraries and oh, present the book. I was going to have an exhibition at the Mahmoud Darwish Museum and oh, Ramallah wow. and, yeah, and Allah. I was going to go to like Beit Laham and Qudus and and it, it really was like a full circle, right? That the Inshallah, you'll, you'll be able to do that, fam. I I think it's um, it's really amazing. Um, look, I I yeah. I tried in, in in this in I I'm again as a fan and someone who you impacted personally through your art, and I say this really really openly. You know, I'm 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 somebody who really got impacted by the four names that I told you about, and then obviously I got to know you. I was like, wow, culture, peace, and art through you, and then obviously you know I I I um, your family. Um, you know, Narsi is somebody who impacted me. I keep telling him this. A um, couple more questions, I'll let you go. And these are questions regarding, um, you know, you and uh, Narsi. I, mean, I had Narsi on Buckle Up, and he's like, yeah, you got to ask Sundus about me. Now, I want to ask, how is Yasin like, <laughs> at home? Like, how is that Yasin? Who is Yasin? Who is Yasin? That's classified. <laughs> Yasin is actually... Yasin is um, so many things. Mm. He's so many things. Uh, his the Yasin you know is a big part of Yasin. You know what I mean? I feel like uh, mm. his his ability, uh, his gift of being able to be uh, in public and use his words and 
spread messages is a huge part of him and and um i see him here at home he he takes in a lot right yeah. he's absorbent but then when he goes out into the world he's puts out everything that he absorbs in the home life and in his in his environment you know so he's a very very interesting person um, <laughs> longest standing yeah. relationship of my life outside of my parents and my sister bless we've been I mean, together I, I, I love, for yeah. I mean you inspire us really you yeah. inspire I mean I'm talking even on uh, 19 years you know like mashallah 19 <laughs> 19 years Wow, mashallah, mm-hmm. mashallah. This is not going with this. Again, you inspired, like, even, you know, I was just talking to, to Hanan, my wife, about this. Like, we, we know each other 15 years. We've been married for 12 years right now. Yeah. And it's it's just amazing. And looking at how you, she plays a big monumental role in everything that I do. Maybe it, it's not public, but she does really help out and always always discusses with me things and I, I see the same thing with you and and, and, and Yasin it's always been incredible to, to watch you guys and may Allah protect you my last question thank before you, I let you go thank you, is done. thank you that's um, beautiful I appreciate you it's and the Hanan truth and Ahmed. it's the truth you guys are beautiful and um, unique and interesting and Wallahi, Just you, you really made that pure impact and good-hearted. On, again you made that impact uh, on all of us my last question is if you could go back in time what would uh, you know? What would you tell Sundus um, as a little girl? Mm. It's interesting. I mean, I feel like now because I'm a mother, that's what I do every day. <laughs> you know what I mean? I I give my children the advice that I needed or that I learned as an adult. Mm. I share that with them now, so in hopes that they'll be able to use those tools to become good people uh, with good intentions, um, who attract other good people yeah. with good intentions into their life, and to really be um, honest with themselves and honest with the, with the world, and really just treat the earth right, man. You know, like I True. want. You know, I wish, I wish, and this is something I've been thinking about a lot. I wish I wasted less in my life. I wish I, I mm. you know, was more conscious of how to throw away garbage better. Mm. Uh, and I know it sounds stupid, but I've been thinking about that a lot. I spent, I've been spending a lot of time in the kitchen and a lot of time just, you know, organizing my life and my home and, and, it makes me sad to think how wasteful we've been um, with just plastic and objects and things and how we just like the throwaway culture. And I never like I was never taught that. Um, nobody was taught that in our generation mm-hmm. that we have to be be mindful of the impact the impact that we leave as human beings on this earth. And um, that's something I really want to be able to change, um, at least for my um, my kids. Yeah, true. Um, uh, I, I don't want to get you. Um, I, I don't want to get you. You know, um, emotional. But I asked this to Yasin, and I feel like um, you know, with Nofi, uh, rest in peace. Uh, I never, I never, I never met him. But I have to just to tell you that because I think I owe it to, to me and to you and, and to him. It's 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 someone I've never met. But his his impact has reached me as a Saudi kid. Just you know that why? Because Subhanallah of people that talked you know about him you know with 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 the with now with Nawar. It's just really an incredible. And again, I'm talking from a stranger kind of point of view, right? Uh, so I just wanted to you know um, you know say rest in peace. He's somebody who from from a stranger. I don't want to get you emotional. And I know I know I, I talked to Yasin and he also got that. But I feel I feel. <laughs> I'm giving you from someone who didn't know him, who didn't have the pleasure. It is coming an incredible amount of so much wellness and goodness. And when Narsi talks about him, how important he was. And I just feel, I just wanted to be there just to shake his hand, you know? And uh, I just wanted to say, say that just out loud, you know, and just rest in peace, praying for him always and for his soul. Just, that's it. Uh, has, uh, <laughs> that's it. That's you know truth. what? It's, you know, I feel like people who have lost very dear people to them um, 
they connect on another level. And I know True. your father yeah. has left a huge impact on you. Oh, yeah. And in turn, the way you speak about him and yeah. the, the way that you bring him out in yourself and in your own... Um, yeah, subhanAllah. It's, I, I see it as yeah. well, you know, yeah, when, yeah, when, it's when we're touched by angels, you know, yeah, yeah. we're touched Salah. by angels and, and also we understand that pain. Yeah. We understand the grief on a different level. And, um, I know that, I know that, yeah. uh, connects us to something higher, you know, there's th- teachers actually. Truth. So speaking Truth. of teachers, yeah. Nofi was my teacher Blef. and, uh, uh, and your father was your teacher. Yeah. There are people it's, it's, who come into your life that just spread knowledge. But again, it's just crazy the fact that out in Saudi Arabia, you know, got to know Narsi, got to know, you don't know what, got to know you, and then got to know of, you know, um, you know, know if you rest in peace. And it was just hmm, amazing. So I just had to let that out. I want to thank you so much for thank your you. time. I'm sorry I, you, I, I brought that up, but I'm, I'm, this is Buckle Up, and we are, we love you, we salute you. Um, and actually, this, I love is coming, you. this is coming from Hanan. She's asked about mamahood. She's like, ask her about mamahood. How is it? How is it like? <laughs> That's a whole other a different topic. Up that Hanan has to host. Actually, yeah, okay, I want to see that. I want to be there for Hanan that one. That. Yeah, but we're gonna be a Hanan Sundus buckle up on motherhood because I can talk for another hour about motherhood. <laughs> That's true. But and, may God bless you. And, and I you love and that family. question. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Salud, Sundus, uh, can you tell us your social media handle real quickly? We're going to put it right Yes. Here. So it's at Sundus Abdul Hadi, S-U-N-D-U-S-A-B-D-U-L-H-A-D-I. And uh, Twitter is S-U-N-D-U-S-A-H, but I don't use it that much. But Instagram, nice. you can catch Guys, me there. Peace and love. Like and subscribe. And all the Thank good you so guys. much, Has. Wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alaykum as-salam. Thank you. Thank you.